Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture. Now, looking at markets, the SP 500 rose overnight as Netflix led a broader rally among technology names, pushing the broader market to new heights. With more technology earnings coming up next week, how should investors navigate the markets? Let's check in now with Idana Apio. She's the portfolio manager and senior research analyst at First Eagle Investments. Idana, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you on. So let's talk about what you're looking at right now in terms of the expectations that strength that being priced into markets right now. Are you surprised by the level of optimism so far? We've got the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq now on a four-day winning streak. I think so. You know, when I look across markets, across asset classes even, to me there seems to be a fair amount of complacency priced in. Uh, we've had, a, as you mentioned, pretty substantial rally over the last few months. And this seems inconsistent to me with a still unsettled economic outlook. In my mind, I think the odds of a soft landing are lower than the markets are pricing. And of course, we have a, a number of geopolitical risks. Now, let's talk about why there might be some level of complacency. And of course, you can see that being reflected with expectations of rate cuts to come. A bit of a disconnect between what the Fed's forecasting, the market's expecting a bit more. Are there more cuts being priced in the markets? Is that perhaps a sense that it's too aggressive in terms of expectations? Look, I think perhaps the level of cuts being priced in might be roughly fair, but I think that, in my mind, is balancing a world where there's some probability of a soft landing and maybe you get three to four cuts and some probability of a more significant, uh, you know, a turn down or recession mm. where you get more significant cuts. Um, but I think in a world where, as we've seen to date, where you're almost in a no landing scenario where the data has been quite strong, then I think you have to pare back your expectations for cuts. So I think the market wants both a lot of cuts and still very strong uh, data. And that combination is probably less likely. Yeah, talking about what's playing out in the markets as well, we've got tech earnings. And this comes off the back of a wave of tech layoffs. So how do you square what's happening here with the trend that's playing out right now? More layoffs, but then you've got earnings on some fronts outperforming as well. What's the way to navigate the current landscape? So, you know, when I think about the US economy, as I said, I think the, the soft landing has become consensus, and certainly we learned from the Fed in their, in their December FOMC report that that's their baseline for the economy. But historically, uh, when you look at the U.S. economy, you know, you should put some probability of a, of a recession evolving. And I think this gets at your point for the, for the labor markets. Historically in the U.S., it takes a period of rising unemployment to bring down wage inflation. And right now we're seeing that wage inflation is running 4.5%, and that's keeping uh, service sector inflation sticky. Moreover, now we have wages growing faster than output prices, and that's starting to squeeze margins. And as you as you know, historically in the U.S., we have very flexible labor markets. And mm -hmm. when firms begin to see their margins squeeze, they shed labor. And we are starting to see some signs of that, as you note, in certain sectors, Hiring has slowed. Temporary jobs have slowed. So we're starting to see some cracks in the labor market appearing. Now, Idana, like you pointed out, margins being squeezed. We did see that being reflected in Tesla's latest earnings as well. Where does this leave you when it comes to figuring out what to invest in markets these days? What are you looking out for? So at First Eagle Investment, we have a, a very long-term outlook and we're not, uh, we don't invest for one 
particular state of the world. We try to build portfolios that we think will be resilient over the medium term across different types of macroeconomic scenarios. So our, our process doesn't really change. We look for resilient businesses uh, that we can buy at attractive valuations. And, and so that sort of process is unchanged. I would say that, you know, when we look across, you know, I think there's a lot of focus right now on, on central banks, the Fed, we have the ECB tomorrow, uh, on what they will do. Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think that the data is still quite, quite uncertain between a self-landing, a recession, or maybe even no landing. And so as we get these different data points coming in, mm-hmm. there'll be more uh, market volatility, and that, I think, provides opportunity for investors. All right, Dana, talking about new highs being hit this year, Japanese markets have also been on a bit of a tear. So they are at their highest levels in over 30 years. How much exposure are you having in your portfolio towards that part of the market? And do you think there's going to be further upside there? So we've had, we've been long-term investors in Japan, a number of very good businesses at attractive valuations. Uh, we have about maybe 8% of the portfolio, global portfolio in uh, Japanese equities. So a pretty, pretty strong allocation. You know, I think we're seeing a lot of positive developments, both in terms of for an extended period, a number of economic reforms, finally some signs that inflation and pricing power may be taking hold, Mm -hmm. finally some signs that perhaps we're on a cusp of a change in monetary policy, Um, but then also you've had a number of corporate governance reforms that are causing businesses to, to be more proactive in their their corporate governance and allocating capital. So it's it's a positive story. And I know there's some angst about, you know, when the Bank of Japan does finally exit, you know, some of its unconventional policies. You know, we're we're not I don't think these changes, while they may be they might be large for, for Japan, I don't think they'll be of a size that they will um, sort of destabilize uh, their markets. All right, so a positive outlook generally for Japan and, of course, um, opportunities in the U.S. Where does this leave you when it comes to China? What's the optimism that you have for that part of the market? China, I guess, I'm somewhat less optimistic on in terms of the macro fundamentals and some of the challenges they're facing. We, we've seen some some policy steps in the last few days that are helpful on the margins, such as the the triple R cut, but I don't think they're quite of the magnitude to be commensurate with the challenges China's facing. That said, you know, equity valuations have have moved down significantly. So this has gone from a market that was expensive to one uh, where there's uh, a lot of value. So I think there's a lot of risk in the market, but finally, maybe you're being compensated for some of that risk. Mm, All right. We've been in conversation with Idana Apio. She's the Portfolio Manager and Senior Research Analyst at First Eagle Investments. Indana, thank you for your time and insights this morning. We'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.